Welcome to the August 11th edition of Two Friends Arguing About Football. Enjoying every minute of it. Is that Loving the, it. Is no, that this the, is the PFF forecast. Yeah. And uh, it, is, uh, it is a great day to be great, as our friend Ian Harditz likes to say. We have a great show prepared for you. Um, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about the Saints situation. There's kind of been some NFL news. You know, there's been like the Rashad Bateman injury. There's been a few things that have sort of impacted some betting stances, but we were looking at how preseason week one's about to start. We really want to bet on things. And so we're going to talk about some bets on real games that you can actually place um, as opposed to trying to bet on a preseason game. So uh, that's our show. We've, of course, got recommendations. Let's rock. You were on a heater before, well, actually, <laughs> on last week's show, the last show, and then it's carried over into this show. Probably why your shirt is a, a nice shade of pink, actually. My wife made salmon last night, salmon-colored <laughs> shirt. I feel like I'm just like in... in salmon from the Ohio? I'm pointing I, I'm vibing. I'm vibing right now. Is that what they call it? The kids call it vibing? I, I don't know. I'm not young enough to... Yeah, me either. But I will pretend that's the case. The one that I like to use is riding a wave. Oh, maybe like your salmon did on into the yeah uh, yeah yeah very yeah <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of grouper when I went to Florida. Okay, it was okay, not great. It's okay. Um, grouper. I did have uh, uh, Kobe beef, which I would have never known was great unless I went out with you that one time in Vegas. I was going to say the it. first time our our uh, big meal in Vegas, a bizarre meal. walking around Vegas a little drunk carrying the the I ate Kobe beef. <laughs> like flyer thing that you can get I, can I tell you know can I tell a quick story <laughs> okay. about this Vegas trip for anyone that's new to this podcast I'm sure we told the story at one point I'll make this really brief but it's a funny story and I'll tell the highlights here you and I went to sign up for the super contest this must have been what three years ago it was our first summer yeah here in um in Cincinnati and we didn't have a lot of time so we took a flight in the evening on Friday uh, after work, obviously the time change got us there in time. We had just like made a sale. Remember that? We had just made like, we had a big presentation in the morning. And it went well. And it went well. Shockingly. And um, and we kept it rolling right into Vegas. We got some like cheap room with no intention of like ever using it. And um, our agreement was that um, I would buy the flights <laughs> and you would buy the meal. And uh, you were not prepared for Bizarre Meat by Jose Andres. The only, the only, my only data point prior to that was coming here with you before we were both full time, you being a little bit picky on not wanting to go to like Ruby Tuesday. So I'm like, but that seems reasonable. That seems like a reasonable yeah, thing. This is trash. I think what it was, was that I was very disdainful of Panera Bread, which is yeah. also unequivocally garbage. But when we, when we gave the talk at SportCon in Minnesota in the January of 2018, oh, right. we did have a very expensive meal, but we had it collectively and I like I must have overlooked place. it. It was great. It was a good yes. place. But so, I didn't have a lot of data. So I So we go to this place and the we, there's of course there's there's um a yeah, there's uh, a four wagyu, whatever, Kobe beef, and you know, they sell it by the ounce and it's like, you know, sixty five dollars an ounce and they come out and they grill it on like a stone slab. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you definitely paid more for the meal than I paid for the flights. <laughs> the best part about that though is you're walking around and this is my favorite part of the story. 
you brought only your tiny little backpack. I did. And you know, you're you're a tall guy, you know, 6'5", 225. So the backpack was even <laughs> smaller on you, but that's nice. all you brought. You didn't even bring a change of clothes. <laughs> this motherfucking savage. I, we get to the hotel rooms before dinner and I'm like, I'm gonna shower like, you know, real quick. Do you need showers? Like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> You st- you went like forty eight hours because then our flight. Remember the next day yeah. was delayed the whole day. Uh, in the same pair of clothes, went and got on a heater in the casino, signed up for the super contest. That's slept in story. that uh, in that hotel. Or that, yeah, you that, slept. And we also had to sleep in the airport because you our slept. flight was delayed like eight hours. Let me just make it clear: you slept. True, true, true. You're right. I stayed up and had to get some work done. Uh, that's the type of guy I am. Okay, let's start with the Saints. Michael Thomas, that whole saga which to recap and you can go read about this on pff.com our news team has done a great job chronicling this there is a lot of evidence that okay so he heard it week one they didn't want him to get surgery wanted him to kind of play through it try and make a playoff push with drew Brees. he didn't take that super kindly and then decided you know what? i'm gonna take my sweet time getting surgery here Obviously, all he has is Jameis and Taysom Hill to look forward to. So, you know, maybe he's not super, uh, like, motivated to make that happen. Um, And so now the idea is that he could be on the trade block. The Saints have a win total of nine. Mm -hmm. How does this make you feel about their win total? I mean, I've liked under. Okay, so are you setting me up for this? Because (laughs) I'm not setting you up for anything. They are a good fade, right? Mm -hmm. The interesting thing, they're favored in, like, half their games this year. Like their schedule is not terribly hard. Mm-hmm. I think team the betting market likes them relative to, you know, uh, our opinion. And I guess like the Sean Payton doesn't this feel like a, a New England from last year? Oh, that's interesting. Like nine win total makes no sense because you're trying to break in. You lose. So last year, New England lost like eight players to break uh, to um, COVID or whatever mm-hmm. uh, opt outs this year. You know, Lattimore's possibly suspended, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And then they they just lost Patrick Robinson to retirement. Um, obviously, Hendrickson left. Uh, Janoris Jenkins left as well. And then on offense, it's like, I mean, who who's worse? Last year's Patriots receivers or this year's New England New Orleans receivers without Michael Thomas? Well, Alvin Kamara is really good, but I don't know that we can give him that much credit. Like, yeah. their receiving core is really, really bad. You look at our power rankings, and I think this is where the nine wins comes from because – Every, you know, our power ratings on pff.com, there's obviously a lot of what have you done previously built in, mm-hmm. right? And Sean Payton has been so good, even with, with trash at quarterback. And so, you know, they're tied at, at eighth in our power ratings. And I think you look at that and you go, okay, I can see nine wins. But then you look at all that there's a lot of fragility in that team. I think mm-hmm. that's the way I would describe it. And if you say, hey, you got to win 10 games for me to cash this over ticket, the under is exactly where I want to be. Um, There's also this, I don't, I actually don't think Michael Thomas is getting enough credit. Yeah. Because of how accurate Drew Brees was, because I think people see Michael Thomas as kind of an, uh, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but like- He's prickly. Prickly is a great word, (laughs) right? He's prickly. He's a little prickly. And there's the idea that, oh, you know, he just runs short routes and like, he, you know, he's slant boy and yeah. all this stuff. It's like Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball 15 yards downfield. Let's maybe like, you know, press pause for a second. Yeah. I think it's interesting, the Jaguars potential trade of CJ Henderson. 
for Michael Thomas. CJ Henderson, first round pick, top 10 pick last year. Um, he looks really like he look, I thought he looked great last year, but but he had his ups and downs. He had some ups and downs, which was not unlike Florida. Yeah. In Florida, he was great at times and looked. I remember Chris coming out of his office being like, I really want to like these Gators, man. But what is CJ Henderson doing on some of these plays? And, you know, that showed up a little bit last year. He had some brilliant games start the season and then looked bad. Um, if they traded, if they swapped Michael Thomas for CJ Henderson, would you feel, would the arrow be pointing more uh, in the positive direction for New Orleans or uh, would it be a net negative for them? Well, the problem is, is it would demonstrate a, uh, it would demonstrate what we've thought about them for a long time, which is that they do not believe in the restrictions of the salary cap and behave as such, right? So on one end, the costs to Michael Thomas are sunk. So if they feel like it's positive for them to get rid of him, then they should. And, but if they do, it's going to look terrible, right? Because it's like the 40-something mm -hmm. million. He, they got dead money up and down the, uh, the, the length of the deal. But if you get a basically, let's say it's a second-round pick, you get for basically a middle of the second round pick, you get a uh, rookie deal corner, mm -hmm. right? A guy mm -hmm. that can come in. Corner's not that hard to come in and just play, right? So he could play almost right away. Uh, Lattimore comes back. You have a you know you have a good secondary. Yeah, it I mean, does give you some hope. the The question that I have though, I mean, you're going full on 2011 Broncos if that's the case. You're going Tebow time. Yep. Let's win some games. 13, 17. Do, do you think that means would Taysom Hill all of a sudden be a I think the Five lack of Michael Thomas in the lineup currently makes Taysom Hill a favorite to be the quarterback there. So there's is, a, I mean, there's a couple of ways that you can bet that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you could go bet. Um, I'm looking at what the, the odds are. Interestingly, in uh, the quarterback, you know, the first quarterback to start market, um, who is it? Uh, the, the Patriots. Yeah, quarterback race has appeared to get uh, a tighter, little, a little tighter yeah. of late. I don't know why. I our, can't our friend Tom Curran, who's a who was on our Super Bowl show yeah, a couple great. years ago, uh, said that Mac Jones looks better than he ever imagined him looking. I think you and I were both of the at fifteen. That's a great draft pick. I think a team like Minnesota right now is kicking themselves for not taking him. Well, actually, we got to talk about this. The Broncos uh, GM. Former George, Vikings GM. George Payton. Sort of makes sense. That's um, I actually, you know, I have to be totally honest. I don't know if there's context that needs to be said around this, but I'm not sure what context could make up for saying that um, it's harder to find a franchise cornerback than quarterback. Well, because one doesn't exist. Like, I, that's I, like was, the, I mean, there's so many problems with the yeah. statement, right? Um, if that's the rationale for not taking Justin Fields, man, like, I think that how bad is this though? So I got an argument with our colleague Sam Monson, who basically was like giving the Eagles a pass for trade. Think about this: trading up to get a non-quarterback when Justin Fields is on the board. The Eagle and like he Sam was saying, well, if they didn't have a high grade on Fields then that makes sense. Like, assume you had fields. And we've done this before. Like, I didn't have a... I didn't think Justin Herbert was a first-round pick. Blah, blah, blah. I... If, and it's like this with... It's it's also like this with the anti-vax stuff. It's like, if you believe something, just say it. 
right? Like, don't be like, well, you know, uh, my opinion on Justin Fields is a matter of personal opinion. It's like, no, actually, like, if you don't, if you take Patrick Sertan over Justin Fields, you clearly did not believe that Justin Fields was worth the ninth pick. Just say it. The Denver Broncos are still learning more about Justin Fields. Yeah, exactly. They're doing their own research. <laughs> exactly. And it's like the Denver Broncos are watching Facebook diagnoses yeah, yeah. of Justin Fields play like, at Ohio State. And it's like if you if that's what you believe, just say it cuz it's right out there in front of us. I don't even know why this person's asking this question, obviously. Maybe for but like to get that answer. To get that dumbass answer though, like that's not a good answer. I mean, I was stunned to hear that. Um, Kyle Fuller literally was available for right, the Broncos to right. pick up for almost nothing, and you're saying it's hard to find cornerback play in the NFL. One of the things relative to quarterback play, the the Broncos um, are. We've talked about them a lot on here, but what I find really just fascinating is every time there's an update on their quarterback competition, it's like I'm looking for one guy to separate, looking for one of these guys to step up and play. And it's like, yeah, but they're both like backup caliber quarterbacks. You, what are you, ho- what are you hoping for? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you expecting, buddy? You know, it's like. By the way, you can see who's going to start for them coming a mile away, right? This is the classic Bears last year, where you have a young quarterback who's mostly sucked and a backup who's like limited as hell. You're uh, going to start the guy who mostly sucks. No, you uh, think they're going to go Teddy? But here's the difference. Matt Nagy's an offensive coach. Vic Fangio's a defensive okay. coach. Okay. So Vic and Vic, like, I mean, Zimmer loved Teddy. I mean, it's kind of like that. I'd be on the green quarterback, I guess. The thing that Fangio, I think, is tired of is losing because of the quarterback. Yeah. He views Teddy Bridgewater as a put the team on our defense's back kind of guy. Um, so I, that's why I think I we've talked about this. I would start Drew Locke the entirety of the season. Um, because I want the fifth pick in the draft. I either better. want a high pick or I want him to turn into yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Which the problem is that like you're on what year three of Fangio, so like you, you have to have assurances that you're going to have the job. If you're Fangio, though, wouldn't you feel like you have a pass if you play Drew Locke and he sucks? No, because Drew Locke has been the, a quarterback for the entirety of your. Like it wasn't like you inherited him like. Yeah, but you Nagy didn't, inherited you didn't Trubisky. pick him. I think one of the interesting things for Fangio is that if he plays Drew Locke and they suck because of Drew Locke, you can still their defense could still be really yeah, good. Yeah. And you can say, look, this guy's good. We tried to find out more about Drew Locke it's, and it didn't work. It's also why when I would – if I were – like let's say you owned a team and you wanted to give out like reassurances for people. Mm-hmm. It's not it, – like the Colts right now gave their – uh, head coach and GM, what, until 2026? Mm-hmm. I would more frame it as like, look, you have two rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, like I would say, look, you have – because because if you don't say that, you get Jared Goff, Detroit Lions behavior. You get Kirk Cousins, Minnesota behavior. You get a, a suboptimal approach to the position because – your incentive structure is wrong, mm-hmm. right? Like because if you tell somebody, look, you get one, you get two rookie, meaning, right? That first one you could take swings, and if he sucks, you get another one. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, and like one out of two is a pretty like reasonable strike rate if you yeah. are if you're not like saddling the quarterback with Sam Darnold like strictures when he's starting, right? So that's how I would form it because the problem is is like. Let's say Drew Locke does suck this year. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Fangio's not going to be pounding the pounding the table for a rookie quarterback, is he? Not that it should matter, but he he's not going to be. Why not? Well, because year one, he a rookie quarterback might not do great, and especially think, in that division. But you think he doesn't get the full chance? That's to what see I'm that saying. Like I think, well, maybe he won't. Well, the Aaron no Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers thing really yeah. um, is what will dictate that. In in my opinion, right? It, it, that's what I think we've got to be hoping for. They don't win the Super Bowl. The Packers don't win the Super Bowl, and he gets a chance to to bring Aaron Rodgers over. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I, I was going to bring up the the Ravens thing with Rashad, uh, with Bateman and the injury. Um, all this is it's just another part of the journey for Sammy Watkins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was kind of hoping for. Um, but let's get to week one games. Sure. Um, because I think what we can attack this from is, uh, okay, we know the preseason is about to happen. We know people are ed- – there was no preseason last year. People are edging to t- have takeaways from the preseason. I watched a whole segment on ESPN, I think it was on Get Up, was like, what are your takeaways from the Hall of Fame game? And I was like, uh... Actually, there was a real takeaway from that game. Oh. The Steelers gave the ball to Najee Harris way too fucking much. Yeah, okay. Like, that one... He had eight touches in a... In a that was the most foreseeable thing on planet Earth. I know, but come on. Like, if, if anybody thought to themselves, look, the Steelers are turning a new leaf. They're not going to be... Who thought twiddly that? D, twiddly dumb out there? Like they're establishing the run within five minutes of the broadcast starting. The keys for the season for the mm-hmm. Steelers were very well illuminated. They have like, also Troy Aikman though, like literally went all David Chow on on the arm of Dak Prescott, who's now practicing again. There was that. Yeah, he's throwing lightly. Okay, true. Same by the way. I'm still a little. <laughs> I'm still a little nervous. Like yeah. that, that's the last thing you want is like because. One of my takeaways from Hard Knocks, because I was curious in watching Hard Knocks, what I would see from Dak, because we know the injury happened during it. He was so pissed to be having to have that load management. I think he, I think nothing makes him more angry than people thinking he's potentially injury prone. The guy's so competitive, and I also noticed, and I thought this was interesting, his relationship with McCarthy. Did you did you pick up on that? McCar- I haven't watched. I'm I'm okay. gonna watch it tonight. You need to watch it because McCarthy ribs Prescott, and Prescott like his response was the response of like I will cut you right here. Right I don't now. like you at all. I cannot stand you. Really, that was the vibe I got. Now, I'm I'm a big vibe person as we just talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That was I was t- that I stopped and I was like, oh, interesting. And so I don't. I you don't bet know how the to, Washington over. I bet the Washington <laughs> over. Um, actually, watching Dak in that um, in that first episode of Hard Knocks makes me want to bet Dallas to win the division, despite despite all of the other things, including Micah Parsons, who is easily one of the least likable characters that Hard Knocks has seen. So is he like uh, I? Look, I I don't know, and I like you know I hope Micah Parsons has a good career or Does, whatever, but like it's he not, strikes not me great. as sort of like a. As like a, a pro wrestler type out there. He's he's the guy that you're going to practice, you're trying to get better, and this dude just like won't shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, Buddy, I can be that guy sometimes. But you, okay, there's a difference between the guy that's funny, you know, and the guy that's a veteran and like commands yeah, it yeah. versus a rookie yeah, who you're yeah, like, dude, yeah, you can't, true. you can like barely tie your shoes, man. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Well, I saw him get um, one of the, 
on one of the clips, I saw him get twisted by a running back on like a wheel. Like, yeah, that was after he he talked shit for like. Come on, yeah, it was incredible. And it was some guy with like a '40s number. He wasn't even like a real player. He was like a fullback. <laughs> okay, um, we're gonna look at Week One games. Before we do, a couple of things got to let you know about. Um, this week there is going to be uh, some new stuff coming on PFF.com, so you'll want to be ready for it. I don't want to give it away. I'll just say if you're interested in betting, you like win totals, you like props on divisions and Super Bowls and whatnot, you may find this interesting. Just saying. Uh, Edge subscription, just $9.99 a month. It gets you all the fantasy rankings and projections. gets you all the locked article content. It gets you all the cheat sheets that you need for your fantasy draft. And if you get an elite subscription, you get the player props tool, the betting dashboards, both of those getting a makeover this year. New tool I don't totally want to talk about, uh, but it's coming and you'll love it. And the DFS optimizer. So go to pff.com, get yourself hooked up and ready to go for as low as $9.99 per month. Also, fan tracks. Um, I've talked to you about this a couple of times and I'll reiterate it again. If you are hosting a fantasy league and you're still doing it on ESPN or Yahoo, may God bless your soul. Go to fan tracks. You can do multi-team trades, player salaries, and contract options. It's awesome. And if you use promo code PFF at fantrax.com slash kill your opponents. You can get a chance to win a trip to any regular season game this year for you and your entire league, plus $6,000. What? Six, yeah. They're just throwing $6,000 in there, like, boom. Just why not? It's like 10 dinners for you gotta George. You got to have some fuck you money when you're there. You got to bet on the game. That's 10 That's ten dinners for George. I mean, we're, we're going. Let's go. And we're putting 3K on a dinner and 3K on the game. Um, last but not least, college football season, it, it's here. It's basically here. It's around the corner. Um, PFF, by the way, the betting dashboards, every single college game, you need to be there and be ready. Bet Illinois against my alma mater, Nebraska. There you go. And you can do so at DraftKings.com, America's top rated sports book. Um, if you use the promo code PFF, you can get $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 on any college football game. And my good buddy just gave you the game to go do the, do that at. So promo code PFF at DraftKings uh, and the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now uh, and get $200 in free bets for a limited time only. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers are the ones that are eligible. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gaming problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, let's take a look at some week one games. And let's start with the opener, Dallas and Tampa Bay. Uh, it's an, it's seven. Um, it has moved around a little bit. I believe it was six and a half for mm -hmm. a little while. Um, it's now seven minus one fifteen to the Cowboys minus one oh five for the Buccaneers over at fifty one. I think the total is right in this game. Mm -hmm. I think I think the line movement towards Tampa is correct. I'll just say that I could not agree more. I've already bet Tampa at six and a half. Um, Earlier this offseason, by the way, we liked Tampa minus a half point as a teaser leg. Um, I think minus one's still fine. Okay, here's my thoughts here. So I'm trying to kind of look at this from a perspective of should I bet it now? Should I wait a little bit? Um, the Dallas Cowboys are in hard knocks. I, I like where you're going. I like Everyone where you're going. Everyone is going to – I'm telling you this. Like I even really enjoyed watching Zeke on hard knocks. He was funny. He was personable. Like, it was great. Dak is 
is better than you could have possibly imagined. Jerry Jones is putting salt on a McGriddle. He's worth $8.9 billion, right? We've got Austin Powers is making uh, yeah. an appearance with Mojo Moment and Mike McCarthy, okay? Th this is going to get back down to six and a half, and you should swoop on the Tampa Bay yeah, Buccaneers. Historically, the team that comes off the Super Bowl gets a boost at the first game. So the, those are the two competing factors. They're going to have fans for the first freaking time. I mean, you should bet me, Tampa, but but if if you believe George, which he has a valid reason here, wait. I guess yeah. yes, I, I would I would have no problem teasing them now. I'd probably bet them now if I didn't think I'd be able to grab them again. But I would also expect it to get back down to six and a half. Here's here's what I'm looking forward to: um, Tom Brady identifying Micah Parsons on every fucking play, and Giovanni Bernard just going ham on Micah Parsons on Giovanni wheel routes. Giovanni Bernard. All right, we move into uh, the next. This, I mean, this game is fantastic. The Seattle Seahawks are now a favorite in Indianapolis, but there is positive news coming out of Indy, which is yeah. both Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson have magically found their way back, you know, into the position where they're going to play Week One. Yeah. Total of forty nine. I actually think that minus one. It did get to minus two and a half Seahawks. I think minus one is actually the right number for this game. So forty nine is maybe a bit low indoors early in the season um if if Wentz plays if Wentz doesn't play obviously that's an issue um but this is one where hopefully you grabbed Colts or sorry hopefully you grabbed Seahawks uh we in our early article had them teased up to two and a half eight and a half from two and a half I think you could have gotten a three even the day that he broke his foot um if you don't have that I'd lay off this game really um because you have the West Coast to East Coast playing at one, mm -hmm. you have um, you have Seattle, which is a notoriously slow starter. Yeah, and you have uh, Frank Brown. Reich. Frank Reich is Situation. is a better coach than Pete Carroll, in my opinion. So you have a lot. I, I like I said, I, I have Seattle plus three. I think that's a great bet. Right. I think this. Game I'm is not be betting close. Seattle minus one because I have Seattle plus three. But if you do not, let me. So Carson Wentz. The earliest they thought he'd be back was five weeks. How many reps does that mean he's getting? Yeah, it's. I would never bet the Colts in this game. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I would still take the Seahawks if I haven't bet this game already. Um, for that reason, like if Carson Wentz shows up and plays in that game, yeah, just go watch Carson Wentz from last year. Um, Pittsburgh Buffalo, Buffalo at home, seven point favorite, total of fifty. Um. Was the, this was six and a half? Yeah, I think it was even six at one point when we wrote it up. Yeah, I have I have a fair amount on Buffalo. I think at seven though, like it's tough because the the total here is fifty, which I think is we I think is on the nuts, but I think a lot of people are going to think that's high. Agree. You know, so like if you're thinking about oh Pittsburgh keeps games close, they got a great defense. I mean, the, now that these totals are all near fifty. A lot of them are near 50. You have to think twice, I think, about the these games. Because plus seven, like, we're going to be talking about this a lot on the show, I think. Trade variance, trade points for variance. Like, if you like Pittsburgh, like, the, the plus seven without the plus seven and a half is yeah. not... Just bet the over. You could bet the over, but also just, like, I mean, plus 280, you know, or, you know, like, I don't know. To yeah, me, that's not bad. To me, I just think, like... 
we, again, when you think about handicapping these games, the total and the spread are correlated with each other. So you just have to be careful. Yeah, I, I, this is a stay away for me yeah, right I, now. At seven, it's just crossing a key. I'm just going to say this. Slim Ben is going to come out and try and prove a point. You know this. You know this, man. You know this to be the case. Uh, the 49ers and the Lions. This is seven and a half. 49ers on the road, favored. Total of 46. I think we originally liked Detroit here. Yeah. I mean, we did see this Niners come out really freaking flat last year in week one. Uh, here's the thing. If I'm betting this game, I like the over now more than I like anything. Because it could be a game. Remember that game we had the over? We had a couple Niners overs in 19. The one that I really liked was the one where they were facing Carolina. Mm. And Carolina wanted to ground and pound. They wanted to slow the game down. And the Niners were like, we're just way faster than you. And we're going to yeah. score all these points. And I think that there's a, a fast track indoors, a, a defense in Detroit that still sucks. Mm -hmm. I think that that could be a possibility there. Over I, 46. I love the a low total for that for this week one. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, why I love the over there is because I'm a little, I'd be a little nervous if I bet the Lions and Trey Lance starts. Uh, if G starts? No, no. If Trey Lance starts, yeah, yeah, like I think they're a better team <laughs> because they'll come out. No one's ever seen Trey Lance play. Mm -hmm. They could probably, Trey Lance could throw the ball 10 times and they could win that game by 30. <laughs> Who on the Lions is tackling any of those four guys? Five guys. None of them. Their offensive line. The night we talk about this a lot, right? This the, the Niners are so much more physical and better offense versus defense, and because they they're just going to run over the Lions. The only hope for the Lions is that it's like a prove it game for Jimmy G, and he throws a couple to a linebacker. I yeah. love the over. Yeah, the Eagles and the Falcons. This is a tale as old as time. Week one, the Eagles and the Falcons play. I can here's what I bet on in this game. Don't watch chaos. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I, there's no way you could you could. It's three and I a half. Touch, by the way, I wouldn't touch the Eagles with a 50 foot pole in this game. The Falcons are minus three and a half. The total is at 48. It doesn't mean I'm going to bet Falcons, but I would not touch the Eagles with a 40 foot pole in this game. Yeah, I can't bring myself to be a Falcons. <laughs> I, uh, so especially at three and a half. <sighs> word out of Atlanta, by the way, is that Arthur Smith is as good as advertised incredible incredible of course he is what but, you, but, it's, but it's not it's it's actually from somebody he has a veteran team that knows what the fuck this would be news if it was like robert Salah. robert Salah. yeah where it's I like know. hey the jets haven't been able to walk into the right <laughs> team room yeah. they don't know how to but shower the, yet the falcons and robert have on their own dick for the last four yeah, years but matt right if they didn't have a coach it would have been like hey yeah. the falcons are getting it together oh wait they don't have a coach anymore yeah, yeah. matt ryan's running camp for the fourth yeah. straight year yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of Robert Salah, I found my favorite bet of week one. Let's I get it. Jets, Panthers. The over Pan 43. The Panthers are at home. The total is at 43. The, why is it at 43? Well, because the Panthers – so I think there's a few reasons. One, the Panthers O-line is terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, the Panthers D-line is really good, I think, with uh, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick. Yeah. And – the Jets are the Jets. Well, that is true. That's a and really a, good and point. And there's two rookies. Where'd you read that? There's a rookie quarterback and a quarterback who's who's mostly sucked in his career. But <clears throat> it's it's going to be in a nice you know nice weather you know in all likelihood 
43 is an egregiously low total. You're probably going to get 21 over first half. That's also a smash, in my opinion. And I, can, so I also Joe think, Brady. I also think the spread is too narrow. Oh, I took I took Jets plus four. I would bet the Jets plus four. You look at our power ratings. Carolina's 25th. The Jets are 28th. Difference between them is about a point. The Jets over so, six six wins right now is plus money on places like Pinnacle. Let me and tell you. Who are two of the favorites for most interceptions thrown this year? The two quarterbacks in this game. That to me is, I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be, you know, shit show kind of all over Back the place. And, forth, and yeah. I think with two offensive coordinators who are going to put enough pieces together where there's going to be some scoring too. I'm on yeah, board. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Uh, hat tip to, I think where I, I think I might've like gotten a, I think I might have like thought about this game because of I think it was our friends of the deep dive where I was like I was listening to one of their shows and like they were previewing the AFC East or the NFC South or something. And they're like, look at the week one total. And I'm looking at them like I ran our, our model. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, that's that's one that I think so makes low. sense. Um Vikings Bengals here in Cincinnati. Bengals plus three and a half, total forty-eight. I have I already have some Vikings like minus one fifty, by the way. And it's like I, I feel like how do you feel? I, Tell I, me how you feel. Because now this number, this number opened at a juice three. It's now a very even three and a half, meaning that people are paying attention to the training camp reports out of mm -hmm. Cincinnati, oh, yeah. which have the Bengals offense looking like dog shit. Mm -hmm. I think I think at this point, if you do have some Vikings money line at a fairly easy price, like 150, the Bengals plus three and a half could be a, a, a buyback. I, I think so. Three and a half is tasty to me. I think I would just take the money line, plus 170. Yeah. The total is 48. That's high. You're right. I mean. And yeah, for the same reason that you just said, but also this, I love, I love, 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 love the negative <laughs> training camp. Negative training camp vibes, especially towards Joe Burrow, especially yeah. towards a guy like Joe Burrow. I love it. I need more of it. Jamar Chase can't separate. Did you know that? Eating too much Skyline chili, getting a little... A little chunky. Well, I think it's just the Bengals. So remember that one of the first years we worked together, um, the the Jacksonville Jaguars were so distraught with Blake Bortles that they started Chad Henney in week three of the preseason. And then Bortles ended up being like good enough to like take them to the mm -hmm. AFC title mm -hmm. game. Like these like reports in training camp are like, unless they're injury related, which Burroughs is kind of injury, injury related, but mostly not. I mean, if, if a whole team isn't practicing for like the month of August, then okay, that's a big deal. But if, if it's just like, oh, they look bad, it's like, well, some of these things are rigged for the offense to look like shit, or some of them are rigged for the defense to look like shit. Like, I don't know. I also just could not give less of a shit about what some sideline reporter thinks the offense looks like on a on a field underneath a freeway in cincinnati I, i'm sorry i just i that's can't a brilliant field though i think here's the other thing the vikings people are worried about the bengals offensive line we as we talked about with the vikings it's daniel hunter and a pile of just garbage so you look at the bengals and you go hey they have three really good receivers i mean fuck okay jamar chase can't can't separate okay Great. I, I've I've heard this before about receivers and it has worked out. Um, so I like that one. Tennessee and the Julio Jones experience are at home and they're playing Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. The spread is three, juiced a little bit towards the Titans. Total of 51 
and a half. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have a, a particularly strong lean here. I will just say this. Just say this. I want to fade both these teams. I want to fade the Titans more. Yeah, I think that the I think that the Titans look really good in a lot of efficiency metrics. So there might be a lot of people that are like, "Look, they're short home favorites. Lay it with them." They're also without their offensive coordinator. They also have Ty Sambrello starting at right tackle currently for them. I look. I think this is will be going to be interesting. The Cardinals have two, the Cardinals in their secondary have two very good zone players in Malcolm Butler and. Byron Murphy, mm-hmm. friend of the show, uh, Vance Joseph, yep, wants to run man, and I, I just don't know, man. I, I think both of these teams are going to be teams that could go either way. I could see the Cardinals competing for the NFC West like they did last year for some mm-hmm. of the season, but I could also see Cliff just like continuing to get in his own way. The Titans, again, if if it wasn't for the awfulness of the AFC South, the Titans would be a big fade this year. It's just that the, the South, I mean, the second best team in that division might be the Jaguars. So week one, I week one, is this an over? 51 and a half. Well, I'll say this. It's a key number. I mean, well, a key-ish number, 51. I will say this. The Titans' defense is one of the reasons that I would – fade them um i don't think they're stopping the cardinals uh chargers and your washington football team baby the football team is a one point uh underdog at home total 44 and a half this is i think my favorite bet over 44 and a half yeah both so we had this discussion i've been on like a lot of washington media this week i'm shocked and they were and and i said you wear your salmon shirt no no Mm -hmm. um bummer yeah, it sucks. Uh, I the Washington football team played like one good quarterback last year, and you know how many points they gave up to. So everybody in the playoff game was like, "Oh, Taylor Heineke played amazing," mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. They gave up thirty-one and five hundred and some odd yards to the Buccaneers, and Chris Godwin dropped seven passes that game. Like the Washington football team's defense is, I think, has good players, but like that first ball that goes over their head, you know, to Tyron Johnson or whatever it is from Joe Burrow, like. I think Justin this is, Herbert. Th- Justin Herbert. Sorry, this is their. This is probably, this is probably the best offense they would have faced last year, right? Mm-hmm. It's and, a good offense. Yeah, and and we're talking about forty four and a half. The only issue. The reason is it's forty four and a half. Coast, East Coast. The reason it's forty four and a half is they go Ron Rivera, Brandon Staley. He's got a great defense. Um, yeah, it's Fitz versus Justin Herbert. You think they're not going to throw deep? Here's <laughs> another take. Brandon Staley might very well be a he- good head coach. He doesn't need to, nor do I expect his defense to be that great all the time. Agreed. Jaguars, uh, Texans. Do we? Is there anything here no. that you like? No. Okay. Yeah. Actually, our model has this like dead nuts two and a half. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Packers, Saints. Now the Packers are favored. Yeah. Minus two and a half, minus one fifteen. You know what? You know what, Eric? It's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. It not is enough. not enough. You're telling me, I look, I have all the respect in the world for Sean Payton, but you really expect me to believe Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb not to come out of here with a decisive win? Stop it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, just the, the only thing here that doesn't make sense to me, and I guess I look at our numbers and like it's not bettable, but like, 
how the hell is the total 50? Uh, Taysom Hill. But no, no, I mean like that high. Oh, interesting. Like, don't you? Because Green Bay is a Green Bay is not a run first team, but they will emphasize the run if they have to. It's and, indoors. And that's a deal. That's you, a thing. Well, it's it depends on whether this like. I mean, if Yamas is the quarterback, then yeah, it's going to be like. If James is the quarterback, then this is a over bet. Full send. Yeah. But if it, but if it's if if Taysom's the quarterback, like it's going to end like thirty-one ten. If Taysom's the quarterback, then just <laughs> bet everything on the Packers. Yeah. Browns Chiefs. Chiefs minus six and a half, minus one and five. Browns plus six and a half, minus one fifteen. It's moved a point in the Chiefs' direction since early in this offseason. Total fifty two and a half. Yeah, <laughs> 50, our, we make the total fifty four and a half. That's the biggest of the weekend. I do think, like, if you have an appetite for it, um, the only issue is that you know, obviously. You don't know what the weather's going to be like in Kansas City that time of year. You don't know how good Baker Mayfield's going to be. What's the weather? What could the weather be like? Well, like last year, week one, it was kind of rainy and crappy like that. Although the game went over in week one. Like, yeah. It's not – usually it's good weather this time of year in KC. But, like, it's still an outdoor game. You still have uncertainty there. Um, defense – both defenses, I think, will be better than they were last year. So um, – this is one where I think you you. I think there are a lot of betters who want Cleveland plus seven, and they're going to wait for it. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I absolutely love, just with all my heart and soul, this teaser. Teaser. Chiefs and the Bucks. Yeah. No, I don't mind it at all. Chiefs the Bucks. squarest thing on the planet, but I love it. The uh, the legacy so teaser. square that the edge of the square is sharp. Yeah. Um, the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. Patriots minus two and a half in New England. Total forty four and a half. Uh, I have the same opinion of this game as I do Houston versus yeah, it's Jacksonville. Just it's just like man. garbage. I am fascinated to watch it though. I really do want to see what Tua looks like. I am. We make this forty four like. This is a low total, and yeah. I think it's justified. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, Broncos, Giants, Giants plus one and a half at home. All right, we're starting the train. Total forty two and a half. Br- take the Giants. Take the put the Giants in a yeah, teaser. The, put the Giants in. I like. I love the teaser. Put the Giants in a teaser at, at total. I might like that teaser more. Yeah, I might I like. Mean, I might like the Giants teaser like more than both of those ones I just mentioned. Explain to me how Denver going on the road week one with Drew Locke at quarterback should be favored. Teddy in Lockwater, game. but even and then Teddy does do a good job against the spread. Even last year when they went five and eleven to Carolina, he covered a lot of games. But Teddy like covers Teddy. <laughs> the but but explain to me how Denver's favored here. Their coach isn't better. Like Fangio's, Fangio's not as good as Patrick you Graham. Made a great, about the same. So you made a really good point the other day, which was if Daniel Jones like can stay on his feet and the Giants, you know, somehow luck into that division, you know, what's the perspective on the Giants this year? And the Giants are favored in this game by like two and a half, three points if they win the division. I know. You're dead right there. And they've done some really nice things. Daniel Jones might have the biggest disparity in terms of what his stat line looked like versus his PFF grade. He was middle of the pack PFF grade. His stat line looked like it was from it looked like it was from Drew Locks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he averaged the same number of yards per pass in his rookie year and his sophomore year. Hit twice as many touchdowns as a rookie. Like we are just we gravitate. 
it was the same thing with Drew Locke. Drew Locke yep. had like six yards per pass attempt. He went four and one, and everybody was edging out about him. And last year, he actually was more efficient on a, yards per play. He threw more interceptions, so not as efficient generally. But this game, to me, like I don't get it. I don't understand why the Giants are underdogs in this game. Yeah. I would I would make the Giants, or we would make the Giants, at least like two-and-a-half-point favorites, which I think makes a lot of sense. I love both of these next games. The Chicago Bears are traveling to Los Angeles, and they are seven-point underdogs, minus 105 to the Bears, over of 45. Um, I don't know if I can bring myself to do it yet. I need a little more. I need to see a little more Justin Fields. If this is Justin Fields in this game, I cannot tell you how excited I am to bet the Chicago Bears. I cannot tell you. Yeah, especially given that there's been, what, three Rams-Bears games in the last three years? And they've all been And they've all fires. been garbage, like, under by 20 points. Yep. So, like, if you can get this within one score... The problem with the Bears is they are... Like, uh, Greg Rosenthal wrote this up on NFL.com, which is great. They, they are... There's, like, 20 guys missing from practice every single day. Oh, really? And, like, the offensive line's banged up. Like, they don't have... Their full complement of non-Justin Fields players on the offensive line. Mm. So there is some like weirdness there that I'm worried. Like I would have so wait. That's I would wait saying. on it. Yes. Yeah. Let's wait. Let's be patient, everybody. Let's be patient. Uh let's not be patient on this one. The Baltimore Ravens are minus five. I find it hard to believe that um Lamar Jackson's research will not be completed on the coronavirus uh, at that point. And I think he'll avoid getting COVID for a third time. And I think that he will play in this game, in which case I, the Ravens are going to Can I take over social media Bears. that night? Because like if he if he takes like eight seconds of the pocket and takes a coverage sack, it's going to be a clear like... What's your tweet going to be? Well, he's, he, was take, he was doing his research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ravens fans didn't find that funny when I tweeted No, out, I'm not but, surprised. But I uh, We laid five on this game when we first wrote it up. It got down to four. I I have to add it up. It's either this game or the Jets that I have the most or, – or sorry, Seahawks I have the most on. But it's And then Buffalo. But then this one's close. I have a lot on Ravens minus four, minus four and a half. Like I, we've seen the Ravens Same. the last like – Five, like Harbaugh like tries to prove a point week one every single year. Remember when they went to Miami and won like 58-3 or something? And then last year they John Gruden tries to prove a point week one every year, too. Right. I think last year didn't he come out with an Oakland Raiders hat and had to switch at half? That wasn't that game. That wasn't the opener. But yeah. <laughs> um this is I am I I get that the Raiders fans in Vegas. So the one thing that we haven't talked about explicitly in this is like what does home field matter this yeah. year and maybe this is the right way to close out this conversation last year was basically worth zero points how as we start talking about these games you know and we get into our sunday night you know and we're trying to keep our eyes open but we're also deliriously excited for the next slate of games how will you be either explicitly or implicitly building home field into the way you're thinking about these games. Because do we think we'll know? We won't really know for the first couple of weeks, right? The uh, the market home field advantage was open last year like normal. And then like we got down to about a point, point and a half. And then down to about a half a point at times. I'm like giving it a little bit more. Like I'm, I'm making home field like between one and a half and two this year. 
I, the the thing to me though, and the one part about betting this year and last year, we talked about this on Slack last night. It's like it's actually to me the biggest question post well, we're not post COVID, but post no fans COVID is what to assume about the league wide scoring environment. Because one of the things last year what that we did not, I think, pick up on we picked up on quickly, but not week one was that road teams were going to score a ton of points. Yep. And road teams actually outscored home teams last year or were more efficient than, than home teams last year. The question becomes, if you add fans to that, do you get more like league-wide scoring like 2019? I think it's going to be more like 2018. But, um, you know, where you didn't have as many hurt quarterbacks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, I don't think it's going to be 2020, though. Like you, the, the, road, the home field advantage is not trivial on a quarterback's ability. Like yeah. we saw Aaron Rodgers in New Orleans last year in one of your games. And exactly. it's just like he's at home, right? That, and that's, he's just- that's the thing. It helped. It obviously helped bad teams, but I don't think it. we realized how much it would help yes. good teams where we just assumed, oh, good teams are good everywhere. It's like, actually, and you give them a perfect environment on the road. Like Kansas City amazing. didn't lose a road game last year until the Super Bowl, which the Bucks had fans at. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like- so I, I kind of I tend to agree with you. I think the place, though, so with respect to the total, I think it's fair to think about. Maybe with respect to the spread, though, like I'm not sure that I want to weigh it as much for the good teams you know, with solid offensive lines, with solid quarterbacks. When a bad team is on the road, to me, you know, when it's like, hey, I'm the Denver Broncos on the road, okay? Now, their offensive line is solid, but like quarterback who doesn't totally know what's going on, that to me is one of those situations where you go, okay, I need to start really thinking about home field advantage a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be particularly symmetric like across the games, right, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, this is weird though, right? Because home field advantage has mostly been null and void the last few years, two years. Right. And I think that the losses are almost entirely in the travel-related things that make it heterogeneous. Hmm. The fan-related things that make it heterogeneous, I think, are more amorphous. Like, we don't know those yeah. things as yeah. much. And we don't know how they'll respond. Like, think about this. So Seattle is re- historically one of the better home field advantages in football. Seattle is also one of the more progressive cities in the country and probably will have stricter COVID restrictions and, you know, maybe just fewer fans in the stands. Maybe there are a few fewer hmm. Seattle residents that will come to the game. So, like, our historical assumption about Seattle's home field might not be, you know, as meaningful. Whereas, and I'm not trying to generalize here, but, like, maybe a place like Green Bay might be less so, right? Or, mm-hmm. more, or more so. We don't know. Like, that's what makes it, like, a, the adjustments midseason, I think, a big deal this year. Yeah, yeah you know. I, no, I I think it's a really good point. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, let's close this up with some recommendations. I told you I'd have a couple for today um, that I was testing out. I think the one that I want to give um, is this one. I've been really trying to cook more things uh, and mix it up a little bit, trying to get like more vegetable dishes into my repertoire. This is not a vegetable dish. Oh man, <laughs> I have not. I have been craving. A good burger. And uh, you know, I'm from California. I love the uh, I love the In N Out burger. The thing about the In N Out burger is the patties are super thin. And so I had not normally when I make burgers, I just do kind of a traditional like on the grill kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'm sure this is super cliche and whatever, probably everyone listening to this has done this, but I made smash burgers where you cook them on a cast iron skillet, you kind of roll them into balls. Not actually the chain smash burger, but a smash burger. Right. You, you um, roll them into like these uh, kind of large, little larger than golf balls. And then when you put them on the hot um, cast iron, you smash them. What that does is it exposes more of the surface area of the meat and and gets it that my artifact and nice uh nice and and crispy on the outside and it was a raging success a raging success i can't remember the i kind of read like three different recipes and followed each one a little bit um i don't think you need to put anything in the meat before you actually put it on there there was a place that i read and they had a little worcestershire can't even say that word uh, butter and fish sauce. I put a little bit of that stuff in there. It was pretty damn good. Um, but I highly recommend. Very good. Just a little onion, a little cheese. Yeah. Stack them up high. Smash them A down. good burger is like extremely the, is there, are there average burgers? Oh, that's a good take. Cause there's average pizza. That's for damn sure. Yeah, for sure. There's average pizza. There's also really good pizza and awful. Like, Pizza pizza spans the distribution. It does, but I don't know if it. I don't know that burgers have a. It's if it's decent, it's bad in my opinion. All right, your turn. Yeah, there's been bad bad burgers are just so like how did I waste my time on this? Agree. Okay, so the book that I want to it's been a busy week, so I will say I'm not through with this book yet. Um, but I will say the Data Detective by Tim Harford. Uh, it's a book, um, the, the uh, author I heard on this podcast, which I'll also recommend. I shied away from recommending podcasts on this podcast because I want you to listen to our podcast. But That's why. Um, but I will say one of, the, one of my favorite non-football podcasts is um, with Stephen Levitt. Or, yes, uh, yes, Stephen Levitt, who was one of the co-authors of Freakonomics, is called a podcast called People I Mostly Admire. Hmm. comes out every saturday morning so it's like a perfect like you know saturday morning bike yeah. ride listen type thing yeah and they interview like angela duckworth they interview this 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 author here who wrote this book um a very good book on some you know for people like us who are data professionals like sometimes we miss and you're so much better at this than me but like we you miss the messaging sometimes like mm -hmm. how an average person will will take this graph and or will like i just post like pcas on twitter and people are like what the fuck is this and i'm just like beauty is in the eye of the beholder which is me and but like but you can't like nice to meet you beauty yeah so i um it's a good book about like some of the ways in which like sort of average you know the pitfalls that like sort of people can go through with data Many of them like are blind spots for me as far as like the messaging aspect of it. Like the base rate fallacy, for example, when we talk about other mm -hmm. like just being able to properly explain that to somebody who doesn't think in a Bayesian way is like a very, and again, I haven't read the whole thing, but so far the beginning has been very good. That was our podcast. We'll be back with you on Sunday. We love you all. Peace out.